here today to discuss the topic of anxiety in the Christian life. I trust this is a topic that few of us are strangers to. The Lord Jesus says in Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, verse 23 through 24, he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Alex, do you think all anxiety is sinful? No, I, I don't think that. Um, but, but that's not as easy a question to answer. I guess it's, it's, a, it's a fairly easy question to answer. I said no right away, but unfolding that answer is a little bit difficult. It would depend on what you mean by anxiety. Hmm. Um, th- there are certain anxieties that, that come upon us s- simply by virtue of our humanity. Hmm. Maybe anxiety, we could say, is certainly a, a result of the fall. But there are certain types of anxieties. I mean, it's like, is, is, is um, when the sun is hot and you sweat mm-hmm. out in the field working, is mm-hmm. that sinful? Well, it's a result of the fall, right. perhaps, you know. Um, but then, of course, there is a certain type of anxiety that we know is clearly sinful. Yes. The Bible clearly prohibits and, and would want to move us away from sinful anxiety. But no, I, I don't think I can say every anxiety is sinful. There's a certain anxiety that is warned. If, 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 if my house is on fire and there's an immediate even biological response of anxiety over addressing the situation, well, that's obviously not sinful, result of the fall, but I don't think it's a sinful action to, to then feel anxiety in, in that situation, to want to get water and put it on the fire. Yes. Um, so, so I think there's a certain experience of anxiety that I wouldn't want to tell people. Yeah, that, that's clearly sin. Well, it's 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 interesting to to ask Scripture the question. I mean, one of the most repeated commands throughout the Bible is "fear not." Yeah, sure. Is to not fear, but there also in this same sermon, Jesus says, "Don't fear him who can cast body into prison or can can put you in bondage, but fear him who can cast both soul and body in hell." Yes. So it's like. Hey, there is stuff you should be anxious about, yeah, Jesus sure. says. So yeah. there, there certainly is some sort of anxiety. Well, and it depends on how we use the word as well. I mean, I, I could say, I, I've been anxious to hear from you. Mm. Well, well, if that means I just really want to hear from you, and I've been praying for you, and I've been, you find myself thinking often about how you're doing, and I, I'm a little bit concerned that, that something might be wrong in your life. There's nothing sinful about that. If I'm sitting here pulling my hair out because I haven't heard from Zach in weeks and why hasn't he called me and you know God things really should be different that he should have called me by now well that, then then that might be something sinful but there's just different ways we use the language different ways we use that, that word there's certainly a category of sinful anxiety in the Bible but not every sort of anxiety well, to, be, to be very practical right now I mean there's the obvious fear with, with COVID-19 that you know my health is in jeopardy mm-hmm. There's over 10 million Americans that are unemployed right now, and mm-hmm. we trust that number is, is quickly rising. Mm-hmm. Is it wrong for a father with four children to be anxious about his job security and providing for his family? There's a way in which it could be, uh, I think, I think uh, wrong hmm. and, and sinful. The Bible equips us in uncertain times and in, in painful situations uh, to, to um, still ourselves against anxiety. 
the sort of anxiety that fears the future and fears going without and fe- you know so so the passage you read there's to be this trust that God provides for his people that God takes care of his people he takes care of the birds takes care of the flowers he'll take care of us and the sort of anxiety that doesn't um, that 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 removes us from a posture of resting in God's good provision for his people ultimately ends up being an affront to God. Mm-hmm. God, I, I don't trust that you're taking care of me. I need to be anxious. I need to be worried because I can't trust that you're going to see me through this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Philippians 4 says that we're to be anxious for nothing, mm-hmm. but in all things through prayer and supplication, we're to make our, our, our requests known to God, casting all our cares upon him because he cares for us. So, so I do think the scriptures equip us uh, to, to um, uh, process hard situations, uncertain times, in a way that doesn't lead to frantic anxiety. Hmm. So, Alex, you and the pastors, as you shepherd uh, members of Emmanuel and you're your counseling brothers and sisters, how do you discern the difference between just natural human concern and, and you could even say responsibility mm-hmm. between that and sinful anxiety? It's not always clear. I mean, it's, it's an extremely difficult question. And um, it takes a great degree of pastoral care and discernment to know. And, and, and frankly, lots of, lots of us will make uh, errors on this and try to discern, all right, what, what is legitimate just human concern? Hey, I'm concerned that I might lose my job. Well, don't be anxious. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's, I don't think, the most pastoral thing to say in a situation like that. But, but there is a place to encourage brothers and sisters that legitimate concern, human concern, over things that go on in our lives, um, not produce in us a lack of dependence on God, um, a lack of faith in His promises that He's working things together for our good and provides for His people, um, a, a, a lack of trust that, that we can come to Him and pray and expect that He will hear us and help us and and, and work for us. So. So yeah, but it's it's not always clear. I, th- I think it's 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 a very delicate issue to try to help people process. All right, wh- where does the line begin and end in terms of anxiety? When does legitimate concern move into hmm. a sinful sort of anxiety that that is dishonoring to God? How should Christians understand the place of uh, biology and medication mm. in, on the subject of anxiety? Another incredibly complex question. I'll just say the most general things. Uh, so our elders at Emmanuel w- would definitely be in the category of those who think that, that some good can definitely be brought about in certain cases uh, by using various forms of medication. Um, medication that helps us see reality more clearly that helps us deal with chemical imbalances in the brain, things like that. Uh, I think it's very, very important for pastors to kind of stay in their lanes on this one. Hmm. So, so I'm not a doctor, hmm. um, and, and so it's not my job to prescribe in an individual various chemical imbalances. My job is to be a physician of the soul, to be an expert in the Bible, to diagnose spiritual problems. And so I think if you have someone who's dealing with some sort of chronic anxiety uh, that, that is not, not, not so clearly the result of some spiritual deficiency, but just a result of physiological factors, it's not the pastor's job to begin prescribing medication or well, if you would just pray enough, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have been in a number of situations where I've encouraged people to go see a doctor, tell them what your symptoms are, that sort of a thing. 
I've had numbers of very good friends. I have pastor friends who, who have struggled with anxiety and are even now on medication and have found it very helpful, you mm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been able to identify, look, what I'm dealing with is not a spiritual problem. It's not even rational. Things will be going great, and, and I'll have something like an anxiety attack. All of a sudden, I'll physically begin to tremble and break out in hot sweats, and I can't even explain why, mm. and I wish it wasn't the case. I don't know why it's the case. And I, I made it known to a doctor, and he said, oh, it's for probably for this and this reason. Here's the medication I would prescribe, and since then, it's been wonderful. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Mm. And I would want to disabuse Christians uh, uh, of, of the notion that somehow it is unspiritual, um, de facto, to rely on some form of medication to help us process physiological issues, not spiritual issues, mm. physiological issues. So, so if I'm a Christian person and, and I know myself, I understand myself to be an anxious person, mm-hmm. I shouldn't assume that that's a sign of spiritual immaturity? Well, n- not necessarily. Mm. I, would, I would want to work very hard to uncover the sources of my anxiety. And I would work very carefully with pastors, and if it, if it does appear to be a physiological sort of thing, work with doctors as well. And I would try to, to be sure those two fields of medicine, if you will, spiritual medicine or physical medicine, are, are providing what they should provide. Um, I just want to start with a conversation. Mm. Tell, tell me what you're experiencing. Tell me what you're going through. What do you believe about God? What do you believe about His promises? What do you believe about His Word? Have you considered these texts? Let's talk about them together. When you normally experience anxiety, when is it? What's going on in your life? Is it the product of external circumstances, or does it arise from some sort of internal frame or spirit that you're in? What are the symptoms of your anxiety? Do you uh, uh, want to drink or smoke or want to put your fist through a wall or want to cry or mm-hmm. want to... Um, uh, um, you know, go work out. How does it how does it manifest itself in your life? What symptoms does it have? How does it affect relationships in your mm-hmm. life? These are all questions you got to begin asking, and it becomes extremely complex sometimes. For some people, it, it isn't. For some people, you can very quickly diagnose. Now, you just need to to trust the Lord mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. Um, you have found your identity too much in money or health or something like that, and that's really what's causing the problem. I find, though, that those sorts of situations are few and far between. For those who come to you and say, I have an anxiety problem, hmm. it's oftentimes more complex than that. And honestly, I just in, this probably says something about the circles I, I, I've, I've been in in, in, in my, my Christian life. I have more often been in the situation of having to encourage people, it's not illegitimate mm-hmm. to talk to a doctor about your anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, not to not to make your doctor responsible to address your spiritual needs and problems, but if there are are physiological issues, biological things going on, talk to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Talk to him to discern if there are biological Mm -hmm. and physiological things going Mm -hmm. on. Well, to those who who perhaps it's not a biological issue, Mm -hmm. it's something perhaps spiritual, I don't want to be reductionistic in this conversation, sure. but, but what are some texts that you find to be most helpful to Christian people struggling with anxiety? Well, and, and let me say, I do think all of us in our sin nature are prone to anxiety. Yes. So I, I would say spiritual um, uh, uh, um, anxiety, uh, I'm sorry, I would say sinful anxiety is, is something that, that we all have. Mm. 
and we're all symptomatic of a sinful sort of anxiety. And that's a problem I recognize everyone in my church has, I have in my own heart, and I need the text of Scripture to help me fight sinful anxiety. The sort of more chronic, chronically anxious, who have some biological things to figure out with the appropriate medical help, that's a subcategory in any, any given church. Um, so the question is, what text, what mm-hmm. material would help? Some of, the, some of the texts we've already mentioned, I think, would be foremost in my mind. Certainly Jesus, what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6. Um, uh, it's so sweet and tender the way he tries to disabuse us of sinful worry and sinful anxiety. Uh, similarly, Philippians 4, that we're to rejoice in the Lord always, we're to be anxious for nothing, we're to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. Those are, are a couple of the foremost texts in my mind. But then there's also just the whole category of, of biblical material on the care of God, the sovereignty of God, the fatherhood of God, um, and then the, 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 the material on eternal security mm-hmm. and um, uh, the perseverance of the saints and how God is holding us fast. That material creates, I think, a spiritual context and an emotional context in which we're we're more inclined to prosper emotionally, and we have uh, a framework in which you know we're not anxious. I don't have to be anxious, wondering whether my father loves me or not. Hmm. I don't have to prove myself to him somehow by my strivings and my doings. So, so one of those beautiful ways I think this is displayed is in the experience of Martin Luther, hmm. just so riddled with anxiety before his Reformation breakthrough yeah. and coming to his mature doctrine of justification by faith and all the blessings that come along with that. But thinking that I have to, 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 to work and to strive and to maintain myself in the favor and the grace of God and then to realize, no, actually, the justification that we have in Christ is a free gift that God gives us. We're saved by faith in Jesus Christ And because God is sovereign in salvation, because we're justified only by faith alone and not by our works, there's a certain security that that comes along with that, uh, that that, uh, ultimately eats anxiety out from the inside, Mm -hmm. you know, and and helps to mortify that sort of spiritual anxiety within me. That's why I say it creates the context for assurance and confidence and uh, it it, it erodes anxiety. So, So... the fact was in Luther's day, um, it, it would have been considered blasphemy. Uh, it would have been considered sinful presumption. Um, that would be more accurate to say. Um, to presume that you were safe in Christ and that you were going to persevere unto the end, that you weren't going to lose your salvation. How could you possibly know that? Right. We'll see is what your priest would say to you. And here's the things you need to do in the meantime. But then if you come to appreciate that salvation is a work of God's grace, that it's all a, a work of God, and that uh, I'm saved from my sins through faith in God, and faith in Christ, and that uh, saved purely by his grace alone and kept for, for all eternity safe in what he has done, imagine just the assurance that comes with that. Mm-hmm. I imagine all these people across Germany and across mm-hmm. Europe mm-hmm. and across England uh, for the next hundred years as this, as this breakthrough dawned upon Europe, um, coming to a place of greater emotional and spiritual security and sanity. Mm-hmm. And I imagine what a great, great blow that must have been against sinful anxiety that was present in so many hearts mm. uh, all throughout Europe. It's just probably the case that there are members of Emmanuel Church that are struggling with anxiety just because of their own sin sure. and, and remaining sin. And I, I imagine that in one category of its, of its own, 
But I imagine that there could be some that are, struggle with anxiety because they're actually in sin. Mm. How would you counsel those two groups of people? Well, it depends on, on what anxiety they have. So are you talking about a, a, um, someone who in every way gives an indication of being a believer but still struggles with remaining sin and mm-hmm. that produces anxiety in them like about what? About their eternal state? About their, their assurance of salvation? All of the above, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, th- that's, that's, I guess in some sense on par with the whole question of one who struggles with assurance mm-hmm. generally. Mm-hmm. So, so, look, I, I've believed on Christ. I embrace what he has done in my place on the cross. I've repented of sin, believed upon him. I, I want to follow the Lord. I, I, I hope that I'm God's child, but I just don't feel assured of that. And I feel anxious that somehow there's still a gap between me and God. So, so what I want to pour on top of that, what I would consider like, like a weed growing in the garden of, of Christian assurance is this, this spiritual anxiety, can I really be right with God? Am I just too great a sinner? You know, and what I want to pour on, on that weed, to put it to death, you know, is, is the promises of God in Christ. And so I want to take that brother or sister to text after text after text. And I want to focus in with them on, on, on um, believing what God has said in his word about those who come to him in repentance and faith. I want to encourage them with the truths of the gospel that it is those who are aware of their sinfulness, not, not those who have cleaned themselves up to a point where they're, there is no sin. Hmm. It's those who are aware of their sinfulness, hmm. who are repentant of their sinfulness, uh, who are who are saved, who are forgiven, who are kind of right with Christ, and try to convince them of the reality of remaining sin and what that means, that every Christian is going to struggle with sin till the day they die. That, that's oftentimes a long road with people. It, mm. It's not something that can be solved if, if I just drop John 6.37 or something like that. Right. Um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't fix an assurance problem. Uh, so I'd want to talk to them a lot more about the gospel, the character of God, about his promises and his word and um, bring a number of different medicines, I think, to uh, someone struggling with assurance. Uh, the big thing I'd want to do is ask questions and listen, too, to try to appreciate the underlying causes of, of someone's struggles with assurance, because a lot of times it's very different things. Hmm. I mean, sin is the one you mentioned, right. remaining sin, and that brings me to a place of, of, of lacking assurance. But there's other things as well, I think, that can contribute to a lack of assurance. Alex, what do you think about a, a Christian person that uh, struggles with anxiety because they have an abiding sense that they're a hypocrite? Well, to, to answer your question literally, I mean, you, you, and that sense might be well warranted. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so if you have someone who's an actual born again Christian, if I could somehow know that, mm-hmm. but they're feeling like a hypocrite, mm-hmm. well, there's there's some there's there's some biblical material for that. Okay. Paul felt like a hypocrite, Romans 7. And so we, we'd go to Romans 7 and talk about that. We talk about the sin of hypocrisy. Um, P- Peter was a hypocrite at times. Um, David was a hypocrite. Um, Christians can be guilty of hypocrisy. Now, now, if someone is a professing believer and it's in doubt whether they really are a Christian or not, and they are reflecting symptoms of spiritual hypocrisy, as in they might actually be, be be fake and mm-hmm. not authentic Christians. I want to work very carefully with that individual to try to to try to develop um, a for my own benefit a, a diagnosis of that person's heart, 
But more importantly, I'm just going to preach the gospel either way, that the way out of sinful hypocrisy is salvation in Jesus Christ and being real with him about our sins. And so in the one sense, I want to come to a position myself, whether I think this person is a Christian or not, because that will affect the sorts of scriptures I bring to bear on the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a sense in which regardless, if you're a Christian just struggling with some remaining hypocrisy that you're trying to deal with internally, like Paul, like Peter, like David, um, or you're one who is an authentic hypocrite, there's a sense in which that there is some commonality in the solution, not entirely, but both individuals have to go to Christ and be open about their hypocrisy. Hmm. I mean, I have to, if I'm, if I'm a Christian who has traces of hypocrisy in my life, I have to go to Jesus and confess that, and I have to be real and authentic with him, and then be real and authentic and open with brothers and sisters in my church. If I'm not a Christian, and maybe I think I am, maybe I'm not sure if I am, but there's really clear indications of hypocrisy in my life, I need to go to Christ and confess that hypocrisy and maybe find new birth and a renewed nature for the first time. So, so there is, but I do think there's some value in, in pastors and those who might be discipling others to try to discern, am I dealing with an actual hypocrite who's, who's, who's not a, an actual born-again Christian, or is this a Christian who's struggling with remaining sort of sin and hypocrisy yes. that sometimes rears its ugly face in our lives? Because I think we're all guilty mm-hmm. of hypocrisy at, at some points mm-hmm. um, or another. And, and I do think pos- the Apostle Paul's experience in Romans 7 is a good example. Paul feels like a hypocrite. Right. Well, I, I say this, I want this, but I'm doing this other thing. You know, how do I reconcile that? There's mm-hmm. this dichotomy in mm-hmm. the human heart we feel. Um, and so there's, there's, we have to process that and work through that. Alex, in the last few minutes, maybe you can answer this question. Uh, at Emmanuel Church, we hope that we have a healthy culture of discipling. So if you have a healthy culture of discipling, no doubt there are many members that are engaged with other members that are struggling with anxiety. Hmm. And we're bearing one another's burdens to each other. Mm-hmm. How would you encourage that brother or sister who finds themselves counseling uh, another brother or sister who is often struggling with anxiety? The, the, yeah, great question. Uh, I think this is the, the, the kind of stay in your lanes, you know, kind of illustration earlier. Just as pastors need to know how to stay in their lanes when they're counseling an individual struggling with anxiety, so, so all Christians need to know how to stay in their lanes. So you, you could imagine... Um, it, all right, this is not on anxiety. Mm-hmm. This is more on every member ministry, but it was a great illustration. The Sunday after we constituted as a church, we constituted on August 5th, 2017. I arranged to have a guest preacher in that next Sunday, or the day after. It was a Saturday when we constituted. August 6th, uh, a pastor friend of mine named Randy Pizzino came and preached for us, and he talked about, his sermon was on uh, various biblical tensions you'll experience in the life of the church. Mm, mm-hmm. And one of those tensions was you have pastoral ministry, which is so distinct and, 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 and held up in the scriptures, but you also have every member ministry. And and how, wh- where those begin and end is not always clear. Right. Like there's certain types of ministry that are reserved only for pastors, but but there's other types of ministry that every member should be engaged in. And he talked about how, okay, so, so you see a fellow Christian, a brother in the church, and he, this was the analogy, analogy Randy used, and, and that brother says something kind of short to his wife. You're over at their house and you see him say something kind of, you know, not not for edification, kind of, um, kind of rude, kind of putting her down or something like that. Well, you might go to that brother 
and say, hey, you know, I, I just saw this. I just wanted to ask, you know, and kind of get your, your mind on this. What, what was that about? Are you guys doing okay? Um, you know, and, and try to help that brother. And then he used the analogy, if you see that woman, uh, 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 you know, that, that, that man's wife, and she's got bruises, you know, on her arms and a black eye or something like that, well, maybe it's not. Well, let, let me just let me take Bill out to coffee, right. you know, and let's try. Uh, let me let me try to pray with him. And no, you may need to go to your pastors. You may need to go to law enforcement. I mean, you you might be outside the lanes of simple one-on-one discipleship, yes. right? Yeah. Well, similarly with anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, um, there was a, a woman uh, that that I know very well. Uh, this is not in this church. Previous church situation, and she was talking to me fairly casually about how she was trying to counsel a young woman through her struggles with suicidal thoughts, anxiety, and depression that had led her to such a place that she had actually attempted her own life. And I just asked her, do, do any of the pastors know about this? Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I, I just feel like, you know, every member ministry, you know, hmm. like we mm-hmm. don't bother the pastors for everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I urged the sister, no, I, I think I think it would be good to, to call one of the elders, make them aware of this situation. This may be a situation in which we need to pursue even help outside the church and things like that. So I would encourage members to try to make, you know, that basic assessment, like I said a moment ago. Yeah. If, if I if I go to you, Zach, we're on a walk, and I say, you know what, I've just been really anxious about my finances lately, mm-hmm. or I've been really anxious about uh, my job security or mm-hmm. something like that, you're probably very well equipped mm-hmm. to say to me, brother, let me just encourage you. You know the Lord right. is, is going to provide for you. You know the Lord cares for you. Um, you know that he's taking care of the flowers and the birds. You don't mm-hmm. need to be anxious. That's perfectly legitimate. You know, if, if I tell you I'm, I'm putting down Jack Daniels every night to numb the pain, mm-hmm. and I've been thinking about taking my own life, right. and, uh, it, you might say, listen, Alex, uh, I really think we need to sit down with one of the elders and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to... Um, uh, 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 talk to you more about what's going on in the home, and mm-hmm. and and let's see if 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 we can get some more help in this situation. Mm-hmm. So so I would just encourage members stay in your lanes. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a certain level of anxiety. We're all equipped. Mm-hmm. We're all able to sort of help each other on and encourage yeah. each other on. But then there's that more extreme form of anxiety and some of the symptoms of anxiety, where it's legitimate. Then call the pastor, call the doctor. You know, bring in. A trained counselor, licensed counselor, to help in certain situations. Yeah, I think in those cases of that more pedestrian type of anxiety, yet sinful mm-hmm. and yet persistent anxiety, the person discipling that person can often just lose patience yeah. and just sure. just just struggle with being long suffering with that brother and sister and, and encouraging them. And I would just encourage that brother and sister to consider Christ. Yes. Consider Christ's relationship to you, his long-suffering Amen. and his shepherding of you. Amen. And you have an opportunity to comfort that brother and sister, as, as 2 Corinthians says, with the comfort that you've received from God. Yes. And and, and, and to be clear, 99% of the, the sentences that start with, I've been struggling with anxiety over blank, are garden variety, mm-hmm. sinful types of anxiety that we need to mortify and that we need to... Um, we need to combat with the promises of Scripture and the person of Christ and dependence upon God. The sort of other anxiety I'm talking about is is more rare. Yes, and um, and and requires maybe some some special treatment. But I think you're right. I think the majority of anxiety we experience is the product of sin and can be addressed 
by the truths of God's Word alone, uh, can be addressed by a better understanding of the gospel itself, uh, the framework for security that we have in understanding God's sovereignty and God's fatherhood, God's providence. That, that is ultimately you know, the solution for, for sinful anxiety that all of us are plagued with. We all are anxious by nature. And I would encourage brothers and sisters in this time, as there are so many things that we would so naturally be anxious about, health, money, our kids and their school situation. Some of us are worried about losing our jobs. Some of us are anxious about people going to have to let go at our jobs. Uh, that, that this is a time to show forth the ways in which hmm. uh, the Christian faith equips us to combat anxiety and to find a freedom in the providence of God and what he is doing to bring about good for us. And that, that has to be where we go ultimately, I think, to fight anxiety at a time like this. Mm-hmm. Well, brothers and sisters, we're out of time. Manual Church, we love you. Alex, thank you for your time. Happy to be here.